Hi, I'm Flo from Progressive. Being a baseball fanatic like me can be stressful. It's not all sports points and touchdowns. So Progressive is going to help you take your mind off your team for a moment. Instead of thinking about how they missed that goal point score, think about the Name Your Price tool from Progressive letting you choose coverage options based on your budget. Unlike your team that missed the end zone net area. Well, anyway, hope this distraction about Progressive's Name Your Price tool was helpful. It sure kept me from thinking about all those penalty balls. Yay, sports! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Born in trouble. Oh, man. Hey, 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 what's good? Welcome to the 41st episode of Born in Trouble. I'm your host, John X, bringing you the latest news, or maybe not the latest, but whatever we feel like talking about, on a pre-Christmas party, or should I say Xmas? I always prefer Xmas. No Cause, pun. Because right. I'm X. Because I'm X. So today, joining me, my illustrious guest. Give him a round of applause. First, we have from Parts Unknown, California, the man, the legend himself, Mr. Gene Hopkins. Word of the day. Fresh gushers on deck. Fresh gushers <laughs> all day. We're gonna have to do it on a, deck. On deck. We're gonna have to do a deep dive can into those gushers. Deep dive on the gushers. You making me jealous, bro? Cause I'm not rolled up right now, and my kid is elsewhere, bro. My kid is elsewhere. I think I'm gonna find yeah, something. Yeah, well, I don't. I, I don't burn in the crib, but nobody's home. Ah, Home Alone, Christmas movie. <laughs> you doing Kevin today? We got our own Kevin, and of course, Mister <laughs> Sir from Detroit, Michigan, Grant Lancaster. What up, though? What up, though? Greetings and salutations. Yeah, I just want to remind y'all. I know I don't know what y'all are doing for Christmas dinner. But I know what I'm going to do. I'm actually jumping in the car right after this show is over and headed down to City Wings, 2896 West Grand Boulevard, Detroit, Michigan. That's right. Come down to get you some. Come get you some. I'm driving to Michigan to get me some wings. I'm driving to Michigan. Yeah, come on in, bro. I'm going to do come that. Come on in, bro. I'm yeah, tell you, that's, a, that's a fantasy of mine. That's a dream of mine. Really has been for some years. I got out there one time, but it just wasn't open during the time that when I got out there. <laughs> you closed up? I was rolling with Grant. Hell, he couldn't be at the City Wings and rolling with me. <laughs> well, I'm going to yeah, do. Gene, Gene, came out on, Gene came out on Sunday and left on Sunday. Yeah. Oh, yeah? That's what's yeah. up. Well, I'm going to I'm gonna put my adult diaper on. And I'm going to do the overnight thing. <laughs> right. So, so no, be... I, next time, next time I'm, I'm going to stay tonight. I mean, next time I'm going to have a good week. Next time I'm going to have probably a hidden agenda. Well, you know, everybody yeah. wants, everybody <laughs> wants to go. Everybody wants to go crash at, at the Lancaster Palace. So we hear. <laughs> 
Yeah, you ain't you ain't got to hide the agenda, bro. Just come yeah, on down. Just come on down. Come on down. Nah, I just I'm I'm you know I'm always when I go to new territory, I always it's hard to not be in business mode. Yeah, you got to work an angle. Yeah, I got it. Well, I, I have to apologize tonight. Mr. Brooks will not be joining us. It's probably my fault because um I was I had my days mixed up. But what else is new? Y'all know that I always mix something up on this show. And I thought that this was going to be New Year's Eve. So I had said I was trying to waver about recording yesterday or recording tomorrow or whatever or recording today. And, you know, it turns out that we're recording right now when Mr. Brooks schedules something different. So he won't be joining us. So Merry Xmas to you, Rob. Merry Xmas to you. Yes, sir. Mrs. Brooks. That's Rob's mom, who's actually... The one that's getting all of his attention this evening. So, we're going to start out. Where are we going to start out tonight? Let's start out with the obvious. With the obvious. Kim Potter going to jail. Convicted. Not guilty. Mm-hmm. Not likely. Taking another one down. So, now we've seen two police officers now from the state of Minnesota. And my first thought was, like, Minnesota, if it wasn't so goddamn cold and Prince was still alive, might sound like a pretty nice place to move to. But then again, they did get shot. They did murder two people before they actually got that label. So I'm just going to stay where I'm at. Right. Time is there still. Yeah. So y'all surprised at the verdict? It's, uh, It's anticlimactic, man. It all is, you know. Yeah. It's an inch it's an inch in a ten mile journey. Jeez. Right. But whatever. I guess it's an inch. We should be thankful. Well I I'm I'm somewhat surprised. You know, I just I just didn't think they would they would have the ball to do it. No. You know what I mean? Not that there was any doubt that she was or at least not to me. Not that there was any doubt that she was guilty. But I am surprised that they had the courage to Pull the trigger on it, so I applaud him for that. Yeah, definitely. Yo, in this climate, I'm not, I'm not surprised at all. You're not surprised? Not in this climate. She did it at the wrong time, ten years ago. Right. Nothing. You know. Now, in this climate, it's. I'm telling you, the the truth forces the hand of uh, evolution. Let's say. Well, I think Uh, you know. I think the thing I find most surprising about the uh, whole situation is that they did come through with the... I'm surprised they they got her on manslaughter one. That was, like, one thing. Um, The other part that was really surprising about it is the um, lack of emotion. You know, I think everybody is probably feeling what you're feeling right now, Gene, is that it's to be expected. And really, honestly speaking... When I think about the reasons why she was convicted and the reasons why all of this has gone on and all the marching and you take that and you you put on the opposite side Kyle Rittenhouse and he's up here going to conventions surrounded by guards he's walked back the statement that he made about the on um that radio show where he said I actually support BLM someone actually tried to question him about it and a guard tried to put him into the dirt tried to put that reporter in the dirt. They revoked his pass on the spot, kicked him out of the convention. 
because he was attacking poor Kyle, who was uh, going through, who was going to speak to these conservative conventions. That has kind of played out exactly the way I thought it was. I don't think that initially Kyle Rittenhouse was really smart enough or even cared enough to take a position or take that position that he has right now. But he's now that he's free, it's lucrative. And that's America. It's about finance. They're paying him good money to show up at those spots. So he's never going to say something like, I support BLM again. But when you go into BLM and the reasons why they exist, they existed because police were not getting convicted for murders. So are we going to see a change? You know, are we going to see a change in marching and escalations anytime someone gets shot now? Are people going to just allow for the justice system to run its course? Do you think that we'll still get convictions or do you think that we'll still get officers being indicted without a march? That's the real question. Because without the marching, there's no charges in most of these cases. And all this is really about is, I know for me as a black person, is like in America... We're supposed to all have equal rights, the same rights under the law. We're all supposed to be treated the same way under the law. And I guess there are some poor white people out there that feel the same way about police that feel like they've always been treated that way by the law. But seeing these stark differences between them getting their heads bashed in, black people getting wheeled off with their faces covered, even they can't say that it's an equal thing at this point. So... Do you think that it's going to continue to be necessary to have these um, rallies and these marches, which are so polarizing this country? I think you're always going to need some element of it. You know what I mean? Like until the mentality changes for the majority of the people, you understand? I think I think there's going to be a need for causes like. Black Lives Matter, things like that, that are, that are going to bring attention to these sort of incidents when they happen. Because I think it's too easy for them to get, to just kind of fall by the wayside. We hear about them and then all of a sudden they're gone. Right. So I think you're always going to need something like that. And that's part of, that's part of the problem with the country is that the fact that you do need something like that. If there was true equality, if someone dies, I mean, we should all feel the same amount of outright outrage, whether that person be black, white, green. Right. Outrage if someone is murdered by a police officer or someone is uh, gay bashed or someone is raped or whatever, whatever the crime is, whatever the violation is, we should all feel the same, you know, kind of outrage regardless to the, the race of the person. Mm. What do you feel about yeah, that? Yeah, you know, then you got Jussie. Then you got old Jussie. Motherfucker yeah. throwing a wrench in, in, in that sentiment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but 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 is but is he really though? Is he really uh, though? Is he really? Because so I mean what did he do that was any more egregious than a Karen who calls I don't disagree. Who calls the police on a guy while she's in violation. You know what I mean? Like she, she the one doing doing the fuck the fuckery, and yeah, she I don't, I don't, I don't disagree. So I'm, I'm I, just talking about I'm talking about optics, talking about her, her movement 
and and that's you know, not... <laughs> you know it, it it affects it it does uh you know but no i'm thinking it could go my imagination tells me it can go this way so you continue to sh- it's a show of force let's say you know because the bigger the numbers the bigger the show you continue to do that when you refine it and continue to get better at it and uh, i think that may spark one or two or both results a these political institutions which are these police forces and sheriff departments and stuff will get out in front of it and go ahead and move the line back to what they're willing to throw somebody to the wolves quick for. Mm. And so they get out in front of you as soon as the shit breaks, they they scrub, investigate the shit out of that, you know, for the first 48 hours and then get out in front of it and and make it so that the crowds don't come. Mm. So, I mean, I think they're studying it just as much as anybody else. They're seeing, okay, what was the chain of events that, that got these crowds here? And all of them have some old bonehead move to them. Mm, and so I, I, I think, truth. you know, maybe they'll, they'll counter it. And uh, coupled with that, I think that they'll, there's a, I feel like there's a, not a, a, a rising in courage uh, opposition. It's always been there, but I think that opposition is rising in courage to move more, more towards the line they're comfortable at. And that's the fucking force murder death kill line well you know and, yeah. so they show up as some i mean you know i think there's going to be that dynamic to ongoing demonstrations and so i think i imagine that both of those things will have a chance of happening and probably 50 other things i can't imagine that's well, what i think on it. well if i i think if you're being if we're being realistic about it um first that you know to address juicy and everything is that how you say his name juicy that don't even no, sound that's right. how this comedian was. Uh, that's, say, oh, that's how Dave Chappelle said it. That's how Jussie. he says he calls him Juicy. Jussie. Yeah, Jesse, Jesse, Well, it I think you're. I think you're spot on when you describe that um, situation. It's not an equivalent. I saw a lot of people. Um, let's just say other people online that were celebrating that victory, and to me, I looked at it and was like, "Yeah, so I don't give a fuck." You know, because you don't give a fuck. He's not, this is not a guy that's in the neighborhood. This is a Hollywood actor who basically cried wolf at a point in time. And it was really because his, like, series was getting ready to end and he's trying to get some attention because he wants to get jobs. That's one thing. You know, police I don't violence, know if I believe that. Why? But go ahead. Uh, well, yeah, you don't have to believe it because, uh, and, and it doesn't have to be true because I'm not in. The, I'm not in this. I mean, head. that why? I want to know what the why was. Yeah, I mean, we all we all assume it's because it, it was an attempt, you know, back on board the fame ladder or whatever. But I don't know, man. man. I don't know, man. I think that's a weird shit with that. That you'd have to get. You know, you have to. It's, it's not like been revealed. Yeah, that's like one of those situations where, in order to really figure that one out, you got to get into his head. And I don't know if I really want to go there. I don't know if that's a head that I really want to jump into to figure out what the hell was he thinking at that point. When he decided to do that, that was just, you just going renegade. But in terms of like the police and everything, I think that you're also right about them studying about how they're going to stop a lot of that chain of events from coming up so that way a lot of people know it. 
But the one thing about the police is that they're not actually um, always known in a lot of areas for hiring thinkers. A lot of those guys, you watch police video after police video, and these cats are walking on scene losing their shit as soon as they walk on the scene and screaming at people, yelling at people. It's an authoritarian thing. You don't have to be the smartest guy to be the authoritarian. You just have to speak the loudest and carry the gun. And that's part of the problem. It's it's changing for them, though. It's not the same for them either. And I bet you if you ask any one of them, if if they feel like policing is the same, that, you know, there's there's probably a minority that will feel some feel some sort of way like idiotic way about it but the majority of them i'm sure they understand it you know it's 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 a whole different thing and and i think look man they started in the 90s trying to reform police officers i'm Mm -hmm. telling you because that's when i was a police officer and i remember it for four years they were trying to change they were doing what's called community policing at the time Mm-hmm. It was a hot thing that was sweeping across the country, and this Very and that. Very successful and in New this, York City. We had this woman, a police officer, a, a, a police chief, but man, those motherfucking races was so boiled up over the climate and mm. her, and and I, you know I was new and young walking into it, so these are observations that I've thought on years later, you know. But right. at the time, it was like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I, you know, I, I was. Uh, what do you call that? Patriotic anyway, so it all fit. But anyway, I'm talking about they were mad, and I didn't know the culture of the South because I, I didn't live there. And uh, and I'm telling you, man, those these guys didn't want shit to do with no new police form, this, that, and everything else. Mm. And they actually won the battle in the 90s. They're still winning because. The- well, well I think that might be where the battle started, and they started, and they won it because the crack crimes were so powerful. There was no time for reform because, you know, uh, uh, you had to, you, it paid. I mean, you know, the, the prison industrial system started booming. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. it just, there was, it, it was counterproductive to, to stop all the crime. Well, you know, it's funny, you, know? you were in Florida when you were working as a police officer. And I read an article about Florida this week and Ron DeSantis, this, that state is, for me, that's a, it's a no-go state. I wouldn't go on vacation there. I might go to Miami. I ain't lying, but I would go only to Miami and come back. And even Miami's problematic to a certain, to a large extent. But there was a report about uh, white supremacy in the police departments in Florida, and they say it's widespread. The FBI says we're talking like. They could possibly half of the officers in the state of Florida are affiliated with the KKK me. and things of that nature. And but then you look know. at it, and then you look at it in terms of like the FBI, like law enforcement, it has branches. And the FBI, BLM is a terrorist organization, according to the FBI, and they're marching against the police. And the police are basically supporting, a lot of the police are actually in support of the terrorist organizations because they're card-carrying members. This guy was undercover. It was one officer that was undercover in the state of Florida, and he uncovered troves and troves of police officers in the state that were actually involved in this like, in this um, in this way with these groups. 
So it's deeper than just systemic because if it's half of those people, well, they got hired by somebody, so HR is probably in on it. They're turning their heads and looking the other way. So even if you have well, something there's a like... There's difference, though, between now and in the 90s when they fought it off. Okay. See, now they can't fight it off the same way. In the 90s, you could just bury everything. There was no internet. So without that component, they will conform as much as they have to, as much as the population demands it. There is no choice at this point, either that or uh, uh, rule the population with fear and, and, and attempted trickery and this and that. And it, it just gets exhausting. You can control them better. You just change the fucking way it's uh, being pol- people are being policed and the way policing is done and the, the definition of it and everything else. And I'm going to tell you something. Yeah, when they know they have to do it, they're going to do it. They don't have a choice. Because you, what's the alternative? The no, alternative is people in the streets. I can, and, and that's not good for business. I can agree with that. But a state like Florida is saying, eh, we don't really care. You have a you have a governor, DeSantis, who's actually trying to write in a, a state law about, um, what is it that we always talk about, critical race theory. As if, once again, critical race theory is not taught in schools. It's taught in one college course somewhere, but... He's actually writing it into the bill that it's going to be against the law for teachers to teach history as it occurred, to teach history as it occurred. And this is a guy who has, Ron DeSantis is a man with a military background. He went to West Point. He worked in the government before he ever ran for Congress, before he ever ran for governor. It's foolish, man. There's no boundaries on where people can learn now. It's foolish. It's a foolish attempt if it's serious. That's why I don't buy into it because it doesn't even sound it. It doesn't even sound remotely smart, whether you're well, politically dumb or politically intelligent. Well, because it's because there's no boundaries. There's no walls for for teaching. What are you going next? Well, the only way you can do that is to control the internet. <laughs> But let's yeah. But let's be honest though. But let's be honest though about especially about what's going on in Florida right now. They don't necessarily care whether it's smart or not. It energizes their base. It energizes their people. It gives them something to look forward to. And I look at it, and there's a lot of reports out there about a possible Trump run again. And if Trump loses, they're going to have another. They're going to have a coup, and this time they're going to actually move forward with it and actually do the deed and everything, and I think about it like we said it on the show before. If Trump would have said COVID bad from the very beginning, he's probably still the president right now. So I see all these moving pieces and all these things and these places where they can get away with it and the ways that they can get away with things, that they're actually moving into this direction to allow this stuff to happen. There's some positive things with the police with the police that are happening now with the convictions. I give people their I give people their due. And I don't want it to sound like I'm always against the police because hey, I ran into one just this week, just last week, and old boy had me dead to rights and let me go. You know, let me go. I don't know if he listens to the show or not. <laughs> but he let me go. You know what I'm saying? Had me dead to rights. Dead to rights. No ticket. No nothing. So it's like, 
when we talk about the when we talk about these guys, there are a lot of bad guys, but there are some guys out there that really aren't so bad or trying not to be so bad. But we're in a we're in a popular we're in a popular hell, this country is all about the popular vote. If you're the popular person, if it's the way that things are done in your police office, in your police like precinct, you're going to do things the way that they're going to be done. Isn't that right, Gene? Or you're going to see yourself on the outside looking in, and that could be a dangerous yeah. That's place. why. That's why. Yeah, that's why the the you know every time someone references good cops that they either know of, experience. I mean, those are bittersweet statements. Unfortunately, true. Because they, they, yeah, of course they exist in the system, but when it comes down to it, they will all, you know, they will, they will kill another person to enforce whatever it is laws that have oppressed people. I mean, they are, they will team up with the person willing, another police officer willing to do that. But most likely they, they themselves are willing to do that because I mean, you know, I got to admit, you know, that was part of the, uh, for me, that was part of the draw. Mm. is that I may have the opportunity to be an ultimate gla- ga- gladiator. And, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah, what I'm saying? I'm, I'm I mean, not... that's how I thought. You know, I wasn't even thinking history, black, white, this. I was thinking none of that shit back then. But, right. But, you know, but so, that, so that... I know that. Very human to admit nobody that. Nobody having no arguments about that yeah. sentiment amongst all the cops. I mean, it, it was pretty. It's just pretty much something you don't talk about, but you know, you know. Yeah, yeah. it's right. not a unique perspective either. It's not a unique perspective. No. I right. mean, I work around a lot of police officers, and I guess because I'm because I, I'm kind of in the group, you know. Even though right. I'm not a police officer, you know, but you know, police and fire or whatever, we work together. So I guess because I'm not a, you know, necessarily a civilian, a, a criminal, right? I'm not yeah. a civilian. That there, you know, it's a little more relaxed. It's a little more, you know, you, you and you get some conversation. And, and most of them, most of them are cool people, mm-hmm. right? But it's something about when they relay stories about how they had a traffic stop or how things, you know, how they they. I mean, they have to like kind of get in character so like it's kind of like like a pulp fiction when sam jackson and 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 uh john travolta are going to the to the apartment and they like yo not at any time yet mm-hmm, let's right. uh let's get in character like when right. that call comes out they gotta they gotta kind of get in character right you know what i mean and the character is the authoritative you know you do what i say or else i'm gonna beat that ass kind of kind of figure and you that's know, a, you know true I don't think that's going to change. I think that's a. I think it's a part of the job, but it's like finding a balance in that is like really where the problem lies and where it's always going to lie. You know, finding the balance between being authoritarian and being a dick. You know, it's like it'll that change easy. because there's people out there willing to do the job the way they want them to. There are the, those people exist out there, and they will go and hire those people and, and rear those people up and everything else. It'll change either by purge. Or, or people would decide it'll change because I'm telling you, the do, your dominoes are going to fall. If you're doing things that are high li- liability 
and that may result in a blaring statement of racism, your time, I mean, it's it's just a matter of time. Yeah, well, I hope so. So I hope so. I think I think I think the 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 disconnect is that so in in the days when when Officer Brown was a neighbor, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. He had something invested in the community. Nowadays, Officer Brown don't live next door. You know what I mean? Officer right. Brown comes from two three cities away. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So his relation to the community is different. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And if if and you know just what I, what I see in Detroit. To me in Detroit, I should never see a, a police car with two white boys in it. Mm. I should never see that in this city. Mm. But you see it all the time. Right. And you know, Detroit people people come to Detroit for the action, right? People get on the fire department in Detroit for the action and they get on the police department for the action. Mm. You know what I mean? So it it's no shortage of people that are willing to get their gladiator on. Mm. You know what I mean? And mm. and most of the time it's going to come at the expense of a, a black person. Well, you know, we could break that down a, a little bit more into the um, the masculinity of men being attacked generationally. And I know we've had conversations about that on this show. And I don't care. I I am of the firm belief that masculinity is necessary. It's a it's a necessary part of our society. The same way femininity is. I think that women shouldn't attack other women for just wanting to be women you know be soft and affectionate in that way in that manner i think that the real problem is the people that are pointing fingers at either side of them the ones that are saying you are this way that's like someone coming up into your house and telling you because you wear a blue robe that there's a problem with you and everything what are you doing wearing a robe around your house and everything like you're caesar Mm -hmm. And everything, well, what is it your fucking opinion what I'm wearing around in my house? It's right. really what it comes down to. And we become such a we become such a society where everything is nitpicked. And I know I wouldn't want to be a police officer at this point. I wouldn't want to be police. I wouldn't want to get into oh, that. Hell no. You know, because it's just, you're, there's like, there's really no wins. If you're a black police officer, black people are going to scream at you and they're going to call you a sellout, whether or not you are. And everything you could have gotten onto the force for all the right reasons, and they're going to tell you that you're there for all the wrong ones, and it's going to be an issue. So you know, I'm just gonna. I just feel you guys got anything else you want to say on this particular topic before we switch it up? No. Overall, it was no. a, it was a it was a victory. But, it was a know, victory. We need a lot more. All right, so we're gonna give a right. We need a lot more. We're gonna give exactly. a round of applause for that for that pyrrhic victory that we got. One person down and everything. I did want to talk about uh, Kim Porter and her being like instrumental in helping other police officers get off in their stops in the past. But you know, if I keep staying, if I keep Kim Potter, Potter, yeah, if I keep yeah. on going on this, we'll just like talk about it all day, and it won't be. Interesting to me because it's kind of a downer anytime there's really no good response with this. So I want to flip it to these NILs, which I know is something that Grant is really loving Mr. Dion for doing, for taking Look, advantage of. I'm, I'm all about it. You know, I you know I can't stand the NCAA anyway. You know what I mean? 
it, it just they rub me the wrong way. So they've seeing been, uh seeing people get their money up front, I'm with that. They've been robbing people for a long time. So I was looking at these NILs, and I think it's kind of interesting how some of these uh, places are taking advantage of the ability to pay high school athletes and college athletes to actually recruit high school athletes using the NILs, for example. And something I found interesting, the UNLV men's basketball team and a Toyota dealership have come together. And now each scout-rostered player on the team is going to be getting a $500 a month allowance for all of their needs while they're in Las Vegas. It's not much money, but you are in Las Vegas, so if you go to the tables and you have a good night, who knows, you can flip it to ten, fifteen thousand. So give that a round of applause. So that's a good. But the hit that twelve team parlay. There you go. There you go. But the I try try, try to catch a heater at the crap table. Shit. Yes, but you know the interesting part about that is that in the nineteen eighties, UNLV they went on. Um, they had several NCAA violations, and one of them was a Las Vegas car dealership giving a sports car to Larry Johnson at that point. We was yeah, hanging exactly. out. Grandmama. Yeah, if y'all don't know Grandmama, you don't know basketball. You know, so um, the ironic how things come full circle. So that's one of the good deals. You have um, another deal that you have out there. There are these two twin girls at the University of New Mexico. Uh, white chicks, blonde hair. They're playing Division One basketball. I looked at the picture. They look like they're all of about five foot two, but they're cute. You know, they got the blonde hair and everything, and they got an They've gotten a deal with the WWE and an open contract, as well as a couple of other local places and businesses. Um, Gable Stevenson, uh, female athletes, college athletes in California, are now with Maxim Bet which is a new company that's based around sports betting. Sports betting. Now, you couldn't even be caught. You couldn't have an NCAA scholarship and get caught dead anywhere near gamblers, bettors, any of that stuff. Shaving has always been a big thing. It was a big thing with the NCAA. They keep their student-athletes away from betting and gambling establishments. And now what we have is they're actually being sponsored by bet places. So, and the deal is that they're signing the female, any woman who's in collegiate sports, um, Division One in Colorado, you can sign an NIL deal with them, and they'll put you on the roster, and you're just supposed to support them before the games and after the games, or and whoever does the most, you get more bonuses for it. Hi, I'm Flo from Progressive. Being a baseball fanatic like me can be stressful. It's not all sports points and touchdowns. So Progressive is going to help you take your mind off your team for a moment. Instead of thinking about how they missed that goal point score, think about the Name Your Price tool from Progressive letting you choose coverage options based on your budget. Unlike your team that missed the end zone net area. Well, anyway, hope this distraction about Progressive's Name Your Price tool was helpful. It sure kept me from thinking about all those penalty balls. Yay, sports! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So if you wear NIL, for example, on your sneakers and it gets picked up a lot of times from the camera, guess what? You're getting more money. So the change over now, what? a lot of those streams, yeah, yeah, they're, they're being no, very... I, I thought, I, I thought, so how, 
That sounds more like an endorsement than name and likeness. How how I don't how do the two match? Well, you can do you can do an NI I'm glad you mentioned that. You can do NIL deals for different reasons. You can do appearances at a local store or local business or you can sign likeness deals uh, like you just like you just said you can sign one of those deals with a company and they'll use your likeness and you're basically doing commercials and things of that nature. There's all different ways that they're taking advantage of these deals. Some of the organizations are signing up the colleges to do it. Some of them are signing up individual athletes. So now it's a free-for-all. The way I look at it, honestly, is like I really don't think it's going to take anything away from the NCAA at the end of the day because all it is is all the boosters that have been handing these people cash all along are now able to legally do it. Am I wrong? Does it seem that so, way to you? you know what it sounds like to me? It sounds like NIL provided an opportunity for companies to take a risk on someone who might be big. Yeah. But I don't know too. if there's an immediate return on what they're paying out. Well, if you're a local booster and you're spending and you're funneling $50,000 a year to a program, you're already used to that net loss. You're doing it for whatever strange reasons you're doing it for. I would never see, as an alumni, I don't see what the benefit of paying student-athletes if you're at uh, New Mexico, even. When was the last time New Mexico won anything? You think about New Mexico when you think about sports? I think about caves. I think about Navajo Indians. I think about it supposedly being a new, better Mexico, but I don't think there's anything as good as the original Mexico in the United States, so... You know, what is it what is the benefit as a booster of giving someone a Man, contract? It sounds like it's about to get crazy cuz I think the boosters, the ones who are who've always been willing to cheat are definitely going to be able to cheat if all they have to do is have what? A corporation that that, that pays the athlete for That's a business. Name and likeness. It doesn't even have to be a, it doesn't even have to be that. It can just be a business. But you can sign someone up and you can pay a recruit $10,000. And the only requirement be that he show up at your car dealership one time. And this is what the NIL is going to be. Huh? If there was no money in it for him, they wouldn't be doing it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No. If if there was not money in it for them, they would not be doing it. And that's from from the NCAA to the boosters to the people that are are signing these NIL deals. The only thing I'm concerned, the only thing I'm, I'm glad about is that the athletes are actually getting something? Are you damn above right? Board. Right. That's that's the only thing that I'm that I'm that You're I'm damn right. About. NCAA been raping these kids for hundreds of years. They they didn't convinced everybody that um, you have to go to whatever you got to go to Alabama or you got to go to Duke. Where you they didn't convince they pulled the mas- did the masterful job of convincing all the athletes that you got to go to these schools. Now, all of a sudden, the tables are turned. Yeah. And, you know, people are starting to realize, hey, you know, we got we have social media. We have, you know, there's cameras everywhere. We don't necessarily need to go to these schools just because you say we need to go to these schools. Right. If you can play, I mean, this, and it's been proven time and time again. If you can play, they're going to find you. Mm-hmm. I agree with you on so, that. I mean, you know, yeah. Cream always rises to the top. Yeah. Every time. 
I think it allows the athletes a little bit more leverage than they've had in past generations to actually cut their deals. And, like, you know, when Rob was here last week and we were talking about his schedule as a Temple football walk-on and how there really wasn't time for classes and there really wasn't time for studying, do you think that this might actually change that dynamic? You think it might be a residual effect that rolls over where a student athlete says, well, you know, I'm getting this NIL contract and I really came here for education as well, so maybe you should allow me to take this course during the school year. You know, one good thing so. One good thing is, like, I remember, um, I think the NCAA was so stringent, you couldn't even, as an athlete, I don't even think you were allowed to have a summer job if you were on a full scholarship. And that, to me, for someone who's in poverty... And the only way that they actually get to leave their town is to go play football for that university. And their eligibility is up. And by the time the eligibility is up, they've got two years worth of classes and no ability to really go back and finish that degree. I think that it's a good change in the landscape. It's interesting. And I see some of the major football colleges after initially being a little bit upset about it, they're making a quick quick pivot. I read something about the Florida State coach this week who um, signed someone and they got the kid, I believe it was like a $100,000 deal. So now they're actually trying to get these kids, these high school seniors, the best NIL deals as a selling point to get them on the campus. And I don't think... I'm not they're sure. Capped at what? Are NIL, yeah, I think the NIL deals capped at a million. They capped at a million per I year. Think, I well, think so. Well, and you know, oh, the, million, oh, yeah. you know, well, to people who complain about it, you look at the school like MIT. They offer scholarships to the to the best and the brightest, and they have companies like Dell and um, Microsoft coming in and paying these like large stipends to these students for being for the value that they bring. And a lot of these student-athletes, they're bringing value to the university as well. So I don't see anything wrong with it whatsoever. They bring even more value. It's not about the fact that just because he runs fast or whatever, you can't be jealous all your life because somebody was gifted. You know? It's just not the right. it's just not the right thing to do. It's just not good. So I'm liking the NIL. I'm liking the NIL, but I'm watching it. And um, not like I really have a skin in the game. I don't have anybody in college yeah, right well, now. Well, all I know is if I if I was a if I was a a gifted student, a high school student about to go to college, oh, I'd definitely be targeting that meal. You know, yeah. yeah well, oh, when y'all yeah. need me to come, goddamn, I don't care who. Nick Saban come sit in my goddamn house and eat chicken with me, shit, and I wouldn't be. <laughs> If the million ain't there, he's wasting his goddamn time. <laughs> well, that's going to be tough. That's going to be tough on a roster like Alabama. Alabama gets 37 recruits every year, and out of those 37, you know, 20 of them are five-star. You know, 25 of them are five-star recruits. So they're not all going to play. But here's the thing, though. Now, now that I can get this money beforehand, now that I can get this money up front, do I need to go sit behind my fucking, you know, the best running back, the right. best senior running back in the country? Do I need to go sit behind him? Or why, why can't I just go play it, you know, like Delaware? Well, Nick Saban, or, got, that, Nick Saban got that spit game 
So he's like, you know, oh, yeah, how does he do it every now, year? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I get it. I get it. But a lot of, a lot of the reason that, that the kids go to the Nick Sabans and the, whoever else, whatever other coach, the reason they go there is because they put players in the league. Right. And, they, and they're trying to get to the league because they need this bread. Right. right. I mean, it's a dream as well, but they're trying to get this bread. Well, if I can get you the bread, regardless to where you go, wouldn't you, I mean, why wouldn't you go somewhere and try to shine? And, and get even more bread based on your merit. All right. Because you're not going to necessarily be able to show everything that you can do at an Alabama. You know what I mean? Because the roster is so stacked. But, but are if you, you if you unstack the deck? I can I can feel that. But are you going to be able to get paid the same amount of money in the NIL deal at Grambling? Yeah, it has nothing to do yeah, with the school. The deal has nothing to do with the school. Are you sure? Well, the whole point is that the player is supposed to get better. It, I think it does to a certain extent. I mean, listen, these NIL deals, they're on a year-to-year basis, just like a scholarship. A guy comes into a school, he comes in with a lot of, comes in with a lot of um, pomp and circumstance behind him. He's supposed to be a big guy, and we see it every year. There are these guys that are, five, that are five-star recruits, and they're basically, they're, over, they're basically overrated. You get in there as a freshman. You play as a freshman. You get that NIL deal the first year, and maybe you don't pan out. So, if you take that chance and you go to a Grambling, this is going to be the argument that recruiters are going to be making. And it's just like Rob said last week. He's like, it's not just getting them to Howard. It's not just getting them to Morgan. It's not just getting them to Virginia State. It's getting them through those schools and into the league. So. We're still looking at a deficit because you're still recruiting based upon facilities, coaching staff, ability to actually get these kids to the next level. And even though I'd like to see more of them graduate, I'd like to see NCAA rates getting higher. Let's be honest, over 40, 50 years, rates haven't much, graduation rates haven't changed. Some of it is because of the fact that the uh, kids aren't encouraged to become students. The other part of it is that some of the students aren't students. They're just not capable of being students right. in that way and studying their way through that. So it's a it's still a it's still a, a slippery slope any way you slice it. I I would think that the goal is to kind of level the playing field. You know what I mean? Like so again, if you if Alabama can't stack the deck based on Nick Saban's name and how many players he gets into the NFL, then wouldn't it just naturally happen? You know what I mean? Or Like, organically, people should just go to different places because there's money. So, like, uh, who was it? Te- uh, Texas, the, the offensive line got, like, 16, 16 players are going to get X amount of money and it's capped at, like, 800 grand. Something like that. I mean, it's it's a it's a huge deal, but it's just the offensive lineman, as far as I know. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I mean, so why would you know if you're an offensive lineman, you know, all of a sudden Texas Tech is a much better, might be a much better look for you mm. than Alabama. And Texans you know I mean? will spend and on as, their as football. As these deals come through, as these deals start to come through, you're gonna you're gonna see more and more people saying, hey, you know what, instead of going here, I think I'm going to go over here. 
You you know, and if, right. it's, if it's based on the NIL deal, that I mean, that's great. But if it's just based on, look, I'm not trying to sit behind this cat. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get my own shine on, and maybe I'll be able to get an NIL deal. Yeah, yeah. When you're young, though, you think that you don't really think that you're going to sit behind anyone. You think that you're going to come in and you're like, your game is so tight and you're so strong that you're so good, your game is so strong that you're going to end up eventually playing anyway. You're going to usurp that person. So maybe you're going to have less of those situations, which might be good for competition because if you can spread hypothetically, if it goes the way that you say, Grant, and every five-star recruit starts looking for schools where there are no five-star recruits at their position, it could be good for competition because it could allow the best players to actually get that out there on the field. But at the same time, it could be bad for competition because iron sharpens iron. And if you're practicing against the best players, if you're seeing something that the best players are doing, you may adopt some of that in your game, and that may get you to the next level. So it's going to be it's going to be an interesting watch for the next uh, couple of years to see how that works up. So we're almost at the 50-minute mark already. This show has time flies when you're having fun. This is our pre-Christmas show. I'm not actually going to put it out pre-Christmas because Christmas is on our normal day, which is uh, Christmas Eve is tomorrow. Ain't nobody trying to hear no podcast tomorrow. I think it's, like, ridiculous. Everybody should just hang right. out. Drink eggnog and get high or whatever or whatever you're going to do. I'll be traveling. You'll be traveling. I was thinking you. I was yeah, thinking and you I'm not excited about it. What? You you want more gifts? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I thought that's what you were about to announce, that you, were gonna, you had Listen, gotten us all gifts. When I get and gifts, they, they, were, they were on the way. If I, the only gifts I can tell you, you wouldn't even ingest them because you don't get down <laughs> like that. So it's like, you know, I could get you some, I could get you something to drink that would be infused, but right. would you drink it? No, and we don't want Layla. We don't want Layla getting into it. Dad, I want a bike. When I retire, when I retire, <laughs> I'm gonna be high for like a year straight. All right, we'll see. Never really? down. We'll see. I don't. How? I don't think that's. I don't know. I'm. 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 Well, I'm you, gonna you, try ain't picked your, you ain't picked your poison yet. Nope. I'm gonna try everything though. <laughs> well, not everything. Let me not go that Not far. everything. Well, all I know I is. I don't like yo. Hold on. Hold on. I want this right now. Yo, when it's time. When it's time to burn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hope yeah. I hope I hope people ain't. I, I need to be at the front of that line, man. Like, yeah, yo, I'm I'm, right I can safely I can safely walk you through. We'll have a good time. <laughs> yeah, I'm coming right to you. I'm going to see the briefcase. That's a treat. That's a treat for me. It's, it's going to be a virgin. A virgin. It's going to be. A... That's a treat. It's gonna yeah, be a stone a, gas. I'm talking about that's that's better yeah. than that's better than this lemon cookie I'm about to go tear up. Well, I'm <laughs> this lemon right, man. This like, that lemon cookie. I'm talking about. I love lemon any damn thing when it comes right. to sweets, boy. Yeah, that's what's up. <laughs> yeah. So, but in the vein of Christmas, I want to talk about Christmas shopping. I don't know. Have y'all gotten yours done? Did you get it done early this year because the supply chain? Yeah, Fuck man, that. Delegate. You delegate? I'm off that shit. I weaned myself off the bullshit. It was a chisel away uh, process, but I chiseled away. And now I don't nobody expect nothing because 
when we want it, we get it year round. And there you right. go. There you That's go. what it is. I, I agree with that sentiment. I agree with that sentiment. <laughs> but my mom's is eighty one. Oh yeah. My mom. My I mom wants somebody. She want everybody to have something under the tree. Mm. I understand. Yeah. So, but like you know, I mean, at my crib, it ain't it ain't no it ain't no lights, no trees. We don't we don't, we don't get down like that. Same here. But yeah. Like I said, everybody gotta have something under the tree, basically. Because mom, the reason yeah. why I mention is these supply chain issues that are going on have been going on for a while with um all of these crates that are sitting off the docks there out in California and the people saying that it's one side or the other and it's a very interesting dynamic. To me, the dynamic just says that I don't think that it's really about supply chain shit. The last reason I heard is that the unions want so much money because of COVID for the workers to actually go to work that they're not actually, and that the corporations are not willing to pay what the unions are asking. They're not willing to pay them the price, so that's the reason why everything is at a standstill right now when people aren't doing that. And I think that you and I, Gene, had a talk about this like probably about a month ago, and I think I said, I think what I said to you was that I don't believe any of it. I just believe that they're not trying to get people to, they don't want people to spend money on Christmas. I think there's a lot of stimulus well, money that's that, out there, and they don't want people to spend that money still. They don't want to spend it that way. They want to, they're trying to keep supplies there, and they're keeping, if you go into the stores, it's nothing on the shelves. If you order online, nobody's getting shit. This is the first year yeah, that the, I'm actually... Well, the why is debatable. The why is always debatable. Okay. But the fact is, there's a supply chain issue right now. There's definitely... It's definitely... Well, yeah, it definitely exists. But I don't think that... It, I think that it's kind of a... I think it's kind of a manufactured. Because anytime yeah. you look at it... Anytime you look at a, a situation like this, where you have one side where you got people who are willing to work, that want to work, right? But the price is too high. And you've got companies that supposedly have goods that they want to get out to people and everything, but they have no workers to get them out. You know, when in history have you ever seen two of these two large situations like coming together and bumping heads so much so that they can't come to an agreement that Christmas gets canceled? And for a lot of people, Christmas is canceled. Or what you're going to see is like, you know, Grant, you said one like gift underneath the tree. I think a lot of people are only going to have one gift on the tree that's really available. For me, my first year, this is my first year. I'm not actually buying my grandkids anything. I'm like a Scrooge. But what I'm doing for my grandkids is different. We've decided that we're going to do experiences. So I had bought them keyboards and a guitar and stuff. So we're getting them, we're getting them the music lessons for the keyboards and karate for my grandson and... That's just basically how we're dealing with it as opposed to ordering them something that they're not going to get or that's right. going to come late. So we're doing an experience thing. But I think, I think a lot of it is manufactured because I've never seen a time where you've got these two. It's Christmas. You mean to tell me that they're, they can't come to an arrangement so people can spend money? So that just tells me they don't want people to spend money. Am I the, the problem? The problem is that you don't. The problem is that we don't manufacture anything in this country. So whatever, whatever, that's the problem. The problem is not the supply chain. The supply chain would be fine if you made shit right. in this fucking country. 
But we but don't. Because you want to import everything and everybody thinks they're too good to do these kind of jobs. Now you have what you have. Everybody, nobody wants to really, nobody wants to do the job to make the product, but everybody wants to goddamn, uh, they, everybody Profiteer. wants to talk. Everybody you know wants, I mean? yeah. Right. And everybody wants to make big money off of it. So, I mean, it's, it's, there's myriad problems associated, you know, associated with this whole, uh, shipping, shipping dilemma, fiasco or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's, there's myriad problems in it. You know, the fact that people don't want to work, I can tell you as an employer that I, so I tell my cousins all the time, when we end up closing city wings, the sign that I'm going to put on the door is thank you for making your children unemployable. City wings is now closed. Oof. Oof. What are the Amish girls going to say about that for rump That's reality right there. (laughs) Listen. It's it's not it's not it's not always I mean we're well, I mean it is a whole spiel. We're we're terrible customers. You know what I mean? Like Americans are terrible fucking customers in a lot of in a lot of instances. Mm. We're terrible customers, so we're bad on, on one side of the counter and then when we're working one side of the counter, we're bad on that side of the counter. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it, it's it's just it's it's us. You know what I mean? It's it's we're the, we're the biggest part of the problem. Can't put Pandora back in the box either. No. So it's no. going to have to change. It's going to have to change. And how is that going to change? Are we even going to care at a certain point? Amazon works, unfortunately. That's right. the reason why this guy is building rockets shaped of penises and flying yeah. up into the world Yo, because it works. It. I was I was you mentioned Amazon and I was just having a, a little back and forth with someone I know. Uh and she was she's kinda like a bleeding heart and she was kinda going on about how, you know, asking would would people actually be willing to uh hold off on Amazon to make a point because of the worker safety and this and that. I said shit. I basically said about as much as people are willing to uh, hold off on electricity if the electric company fuck up. <laughs> because, that, <laughs> because Amazon, Amazon is a motherfucking utility lifestyle right now. That's goddamn. right. You just ain't, nobody, ain't nobody doing nothing, you know. Ain't nobody trying to go backwards nowhere. Yeah, you, know? you just want it on. Like my right. shit delivered. You want it to work. You, know? you just nobody, want it to work. Nobody stop buying gas. Nobody stopped buying gas when when they when they dumped all you know what I mean? When right. they dumped all the oil in the ocean, right. nobody stopped buying right. gas. Right. We would just stop you know, listening yeah. with the full outrage. Yeah, there really is an outrage. Right. So And then you know, I started thinking about all the stances you could take against companies that have done us wrong. But, you know, right. I didn't even get into it with it. It doesn't we're we're we are we live in a level of comfort that other people don't understand they that we've been growing into and it's to our advantage and that's the reason why everything comes from China today and we can't get anything. Also they cheat their asses off too. They don't really care about the environment. They'll throw anything up there in the world. So they'll throw anything up there in the sky and everything. You'd be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if like, you know, fifty years from now the biggest like martial arts star from China has three legs and four arms, just because that's the way it works out with poison. It gets in your system and it works. Mm-hmm. So, last topic, 
Gonna run over a little bit. We're already at an hour. We're gonna go into COVID just for a quick second because we've seen this Omicron um, blow up across. But luckily, it's not. Doesn't seem to be as dangerous or as deadly as the other variants. And we actually did a Tuesday talk this week with Winston. Y'all remember Winston? And Winston reminded hey. us that he actually predicted exactly what's going on right now, which is a um, large bunch of vaccinated people, people who've got, we'll just use the term vaccinated, people ending up getting sick from this. And he explained to us, he explained once again why, how the RNA is changed and how it's creating spike proteins that actually look, it actually made a lot of sense. And what it told me is that if you have been, if you have been um, boosted or if you've already taken the shot, maybe even two shots, it's possible that for the short term it might be better to actually, this was not his, and this is just my opinion, from the short term it might be actually better for you to do it to stay alive a little bit longer because you've already, like, you know, messed with your RNA. <laughs> you may be already, you may be already systemized. That's deep, isn't it? It's deep. But it's like there is yeah, just casually slid that in there. B, it's it's that is the reality <laughs> of what it is. It is the reality of what it is. It's unfortunate, but um, the spike protein thing. It's like you have to you have to know what it is. It also he also made very good points and the same points that we've made about vitamin D levels and things of that nature. But the reason why I mention it is because I did the program, and I edited the program the next day, and I was getting ready to put it up. And I thought about it, and I'm like, damn, this 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 is going to bring so much heat to me in like such a negative way in so many different ways just for having this conversation and this discussion in a way that is actually logical. You know, people will automatically cancel. Oh, he's on that shit again. He's on that anti-vaccine. No, it's not the anti-vaccine thing. It's about full disclosure and information thing. That's what it is. And that's what we, that's what I'm always going to try to bring to the table, whether or not you like it or not, whether you think it's right or not, you know, whether or not you can vibe with truth or you just want to be told lies, no matter what the lie and everything. It's like, it's not, this is not, that's not what I do. It's not what we do and everything. So, but I thought about it. I thought about all the heat and all the negative attention from it. And that's the first time I've ever actually thought about anything negative because I don't really give a fuck about these people. I don't see them too much. I'm wearing my mask. But I do see a change in the messaging after that, which is good. So I think that like even just a little small drop of water on a rock eventually makes a makes a um, difference in what's going on. And the reason why I say that is because Today I saw a doctor run and they were asking the question, said, yes, you should get boosted. And she said, two out of three. Get boosted, wear a mask, um, get boosted, wear a mask, and uh, what was the other thing? Or um, oh, daily oh. testing, daily testing. Oh. Get boosted, wear a mask, or daily testing. Now, it makes sense to me that you would test people who aren't, like, um, who aren't, like, getting sick from this, and it makes more sense to me that you would explore their DNA and their, and their makeup to find out why they aren't as opposed to other pe- why other people are. That would just be a natural assumption for me that I would want to study people who don't get sick. And one thing that Winston mentioned 
was that he had been um, in COVID. He got dripped on by people who had COVID and he had direct contact with it and he never once got sick. And people forget about the fact that it's still only affecting 1% of the population, which when you say that is a bad thing because it's a lot of people, 1% of the population is a lot of fucking people and everything, but it's still only 1%. No, so, hold on, hold on, hold on. You say affecting, it's more than 1%. It's only killing less than 1%. Well, that's the that's the whole thing. Killing less than 1% is the number that's most important, at least to me. If you oh, get, no, it is, but no, I'll just, yeah. Yeah, if you get a sickness that you can get through, well, that's one thing. But if it's killing you, if it's terminal, that's something completely different. So... You know, I just, I still pray for everyone to get through. Well, not everyone, but the ones I don't pray for, I'm not going to tell you who they are right now. But I pray for most everyone. I am an asshole. Yes, I am an asshole. And you know what? I was too nice during this whole show. There were no jokes. Gene, you didn't, you didn't tell any jokes today either. You didn't get on anybody and everything. So you must be really, this is like, Gene is different as a single man. Sitting around the house, he right. just lounging. He's just calm. <laughs> right, you like calm yeah, like yeah, the motherfucker. Well, carne carne side of salad or whatever. Yeah, man, you scared yeah, me. Yeah, you know, you know. no, you I know. mean it. It, it uh, I, I didn't. I don't know, man. You know, shit. I didn't see a lot of humor in the uh, topics. You know. Yeah, you just calm, B. You just calm. You just chill, Gene. You got your smoker's jacket on right now, and you ain't even got a smoker's yeah, jacket that on. Too. I'm sedated. I there ain't you go. Front. There you go. It's all good. It's so, a, you know? Yeah. So we're going to wrap up this pre-Christmas show. And our next show is, of course, the most fun show of the year last year. And probably I intend on making it fun this year, the New Year's Eve show. That's right. That's, That's right. right. So... It will be recorded. Of course you don't, because we was lifted. Everybody except for Grant. It was just like a party at Howard. Huh? I'll be in New York too. Oh, see, you got to come by and do it live. Then you can come by the house. Come by and do it live. You know, it's like Mm -hmm. listen. It's like we get lifted. New Year's Eve, y'all get lifted. We get lifted. We're gonna have a good time and everything. But Born in Trouble is the 41th episode. 41st episode. 41th. 41th. I'm making words up. Yeah, that thing. Diddy Day. Diddy Day. Oh, man. Diddy Batty Day. right there. Y'all go ahead and loop that recording, you know. Go ahead and save that. 41. Go save save that. 41. Actually, what I'm thinking about doing, well, first, um, what I'm actually thinking about doing is if I have some time, I'm going to go through... And I'm gonna do a special episode that I'm gonna that I'm gonna release on Tuesday with everyone's best rant for the year. That's right, it's gonna feature Gene Hopkins, Grant Lancaster, Robert Brooks, and anyone who else has been been on the show and went on at least a couple of minute rant about some shit, and we're going to laugh our asses off about it. Please don't. That would be dope. Oh, okay. Because I was about to say, yes, please do. So that's what we're going to do for our next episode of Born in Trouble, just to have some fun. It's been a great year. I appreciate all the listeners that we've had. We've actually, we're actually four digits now. 
You know, so, um, you know, that's a good thing, and we're blowing up. We're working. Got other stuff going on, lots of things going on, lots of new things coming up for the new year. And I think that this year is going to be our year, third third year's a charm, and we're going to have a ball. But thank you tonight for showing up from Los Angeles, California, or parts unknown, Mr. Gene Hopkins. Stone to the bone. To the bone. From the front room of the house. How? Look out. Pity pay. Pity pay. <laughs> That's right. And of course, the man with the Amish wings. From Detroit, Michigan, owner of City Wings. That's 2896 West Grand Boulevard, Detroit, Michigan. Come get you some. Get you some. And fill out an application while you're there if you know how to act right. Mr. Grant Lancaster. That's right. That's right. We need good workers. It's a stone groove. And Mr. Robert Brooks, who isn't here this evening, We'll give you a shout-out anyway, Mr. Robert Brooks. I won't even say anything bad about you. Yeah, man. Always Mr. Robert. He ain't on the show, man. Although I want to. I want to say something bad, but I'm not going to. I'm going to give you a break. Born in Trouble. See you on Tuesday for the Revisionist Show. Won't be anything new. And next week for our New Year's Eve bash. Peace. Peace. Hi, I'm Flo from Progressive. Being a baseball fanatic like me can be stressful. It's not all sports points and touchdowns. So Progressive is going to help you take your mind off your team for a moment. Instead of thinking about how they missed that goal point score, think about the Name Your Price tool from Progressive letting you choose coverage options based on your budget. Unlike your team that missed the end zone net area. Well, anyway, hope this distraction about Progressive's Name Your Price tool was helpful. It sure kept me from thinking about all those penalty balls. Yay, sports! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.